0: Hello and welcome to the Yoga Therapy Hour. Today we have a fabulous guest that I've been waiting for some time to interview, Dr. Perry Nicholston. And he has a whole system that he calls Stop Chasing Pain. He himself had an autoimmune disease and realized that both chronic pain, autoimmune, inflammation, I'm going to add long COVID in there and a number of other problems that allopathic medicine has a very difficult time supporting people with that they all have this common denominator that he talks about, and that is the lymph system. And the lymph system is obviously connected to the cardiovascular system. It's connected to the nervous system. It's connected to the skeletal muscular system and the contractions of your muscles that act like pumps for both the blood and the lymph, but it is a forgotten system. And as you'll hear in this interview, I myself was in chronic pain for some time and somehow intuitively I found my way through it. But until I started watching Dr. Perry on his IG Instagram handle, which is Stop Chasing Pain... I didn't know why it was working. And then once I saw him, I realized, oh my gosh, this is working. So, you know, one of the interesting things as yoga therapists, I think we have to be really careful of, and I've had a number of guests on recently that are kind of adjunct to yoga therapy such as the seasonal affective disorder doctor and the thriving with anxiety doctor and the dream analysis doctor, these may not be 100% in the realm of yoga and yoga therapy, they're adjunct. And I think if we're going to use them as complementary to what we do, we just need to be very clear that, hey, What I'm about to do now and teaching you the big six, as you're going to learn in this beautiful podcast today from Dr. Perry, this isn't in the yoga therapy scope of practice, but I found it very, very helpful. Here's where you can get more information. Here's the scope of practice that is in direct them to their original source. There's no reason we can't use adjunct therapies to yoga therapy. We just have to be very clear about what is yoga and what is not, and then, of course, how we are trained. Are we really qualified to be doing what we're doing? That type of thing. And under whose mentorship did you learn to do this other thing? I had some questions recently about, hey, can we do all these things during a yoga therapy session? And my response, just my opinion, is no, this isn't yoga therapy. But it is if something that if you're clear about, you can put together. With your yoga therapy and just communicate clearly when you're switching to the different scope of practice so as much as i love yoga and yoga therapy it was not the thing that got me personally out of pain i was working primarily with the nervous system and that was fabulous and it was doing a lot but it wasn't the final thing and the final thing for me has been working with the skeletal muscular system and the nervous system And the lymph system, those three things together are what helped me get out of chronic pain and autoimmune disease and just feel a whole lot better. So this is why I'm bringing people like Dr. Perry on the show, because I think we need to be really good at what we do and stay in our scope of practice. And I think that there are other things out there that are super, super helpful for us and our clients. And I want to see as many of you heal as possible. And I want to see you helping other people to heal, especially when it's really simple things like Dr. Perry is teaching us with the gentle rubbing and gentle tapping that takes three minutes a day, properly hydrating. I mean, these are common sense things. You know, when I look at an actual yogic lifestyle, where you might get up with the sun, let the sun come into your eyes, walk for a little bit and kind of, pump the blood and the lymph through your system, then do your asana practice and your pranayama practice, all of these things, I think in the ancient times, they had it all covered. But we in our modern lifestyle, we don't. We roll out of bed, we grab a cup of coffee, we sit and drink our coffee. I mean, it's just a completely different thing. So maybe in ancient times, the way they sequenced their day, their dhinacharya is what we call it it probably had all of this built in. But we as modern people running off to work in the morning, maybe having a commute, sitting all day, we've lost the art of dinacharya or the art of the daily routines that keep our blood and our lymph pumping, that keep our nervous system calm, that keep our digestive system working well. I think the yogis had it covered. It's just that a lot of us aren't doing those things. And I think if we could get back to that, we may have less need for all of these other adjunct systems, but it's really hard to get up at, you know, before the sun and make sure we do every one of the steps of Dinacharya daily. However, I just want to say, I think it's really important that we as yoga people do study that. We do go back to our roots. And then use all of these other adjunct therapies that can help us. So I welcome you to Dr. Perry. He is a great teacher. He does what I love, the circular learning, where he says the same thing in different ways over and over. And I don't know about you, but by the end of this podcast, I'm like, I need to take every single one of his courses listed on his website because he's remarkable. And I think he's helping a lot of people. And if you're feeling like you can't afford a course right now, go to his Instagram page, stop chasing pain. He gives so much free information. That's how I got started on him is so much free information on Instagram. And I really appreciate that because I feel like it's important for us to give to our communities. And he's a very, very generous person. So let's head into the interview. Welcome to the Yoga Therapy Hour. My name is Amy Wheeler, and I'm your host. The Yoga Therapy Hour is here to support you on your mental, emotional, and spiritual journey. We talk about things like nervous system regulation, spiritual connection, how to be more involved in your community, how to communicate well, how to manage your mental health. There are so many things that we are excited to share with you in season five of the Yoga Therapy Hour podcast and we hope that you will share it with your friends family colleagues all right let's get into today's episode welcome dr perry i've been a longtime fan of you on instagram and i'm so happy to be talking with you today thank you for coming
1: Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. I hope you're still a fan when we're done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I will be. I've watched enough of your your nah. videos on Instagram to get a good feel for you. So,
1: oh nice. By the way,
0: that Instagram is stop chasing pain. So that's kind of where I'd like to start. I was reading your bio, and you're a chiropractor but it said in your bio you had an autoimmune disease. Was that kind of what started you on this path of the link between the lymphatic system movement and how it all feeds back into the nervous system?
1: Great question, it's a little bit of both. I would say the lymphatic system pathway came more later in my journey when I got the autoimmune disease because uh, what I had studied up to that point and my mindset at that point wasn't enough to get me better from the autoimmune disease. If I also, I was doing more of what I've done up to that point, which was more musculoskeletal-based muscle, fascia, ligament, joint, and even some nervous system stuff because I'm a chiropractor, right? So I was focusing a lot on those systems but that wasn't enough to pull me out of what I call the abyss when I was really, really sick. So I had to learn to think differently. I had to look at the body differently, ask different questions. And that's when I started to study the immune system more, hence autoimmune, right? And then the lymphatic system I discovered once I went down that pathway. But the Stop Chasing Pain brand actually began a long time ago because its central tenet is don't just treat where it hurts. That's what Mm -hmm. Stop Chasing Pain means. I mean, I want you to treat there, right? One, because the patient or a client, if you're in the healthcare field, actually expects you to, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. But if you've been in this long enough, you know better that there's usually another place that's contributing to where the side of pain is so but here's the thing let's give you an example let's say your right shoulder hurt and you know rather than just treating the right shoulder over and over and over and using a lot of different techniques over and over and over I found that people really weren't staying well or and if they got well it came back (laughs) right or it didn't work at all it was very frustrating so I just started to look at other places on the body But I was still chasing more of a musculoskeletal connection. Mm -hmm. So, for example, your shoulder is intimately connected to your hips, particularly the opposite side hip, because they have to work together when you walk. Mm -hmm. And I would look there and then people would start to get better because I was looking at the hip. But that didn't help me when I got the autoimmune condition. Right. And I had to look at, stop chasing pain, but other systems of the body. Right. Makes sense. So I still follow that tenant of pain because pain just tells you that you have some type of issue or problem. It doesn't tell you anything about what it is or even where it is, quite frankly, because just because it hurts there doesn't mean that that's the X marks the spot. That's usually where something ends up not where it starts
0: well the reason i ask this question is because i many years ago tore my meniscus and didn't get surgery and it basically over a nine month period turned into what felt to me like a fibromyalgia kind of attack and the only thing that would help i mean i did everything was the foam roller making sure i was super hydrated the rebounder, the little trampoline. yeah. And the other thing that I want to ask you about your opinion sometime today is those vibration plates.
1: Ah, you know, yes.
0: That thing helped me. Like it would stop the pain cycle like that. I would feel better instantly. So that's when I got interested in your work. Cause I'm like, something is going on here. And I think the common denominator of all those things I listed, hydration and bouncing and, is lymph.
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, I love all of those things. Mm. And there's a reason why they all work for you is, one, most people are dehydrated. And they don't even know it. And if you're dehydrated, you're going to be more prone to pain. (laughs) Yeah. And most of your lymph fluid, which is the waste management fluid of the body, is water. And you're mostly water. Yeah, your body, your brain is mostly water and your blood is mostly water. So what happens if you don't have enough water? Every single one of those systems has to work harder and then they're eventually going to break. And that means pain for you. Right. And one of the reasons that some of that meniscus thing can kick off like fiber miles or type symptoms is that's the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back on your immune system and your nervous system is the knee but it was a catalyst for something that was lying in wait. And then all of a sudden that was enough to just the dam broke, if you will. So, and then the trampoline is fantastic. One, because you're moving like most people don't move, which is up and down. Mm. And then when you do that, you move everything, particularly fluids in the body. That's why walking is so great. And many people don't walk. And then vibration plates are just next level because that's going to do so many wonderful things to your nervous system through vibration, particularly going up through your feet, which is where it all begins anyway. And you're going to move blood like you wouldn't believe, particularly the veins, mostly in your calves, which is where they get stuck and stagnated because of gravity. And then you also move uh, lymphatics a ton and you stimulate every other system in your body, particularly I can go down a rabbit hole all day long on why those help you, but it goes all the way up to your head for your vestibular system, your inner ear to give you a better sense of balance. So if you could honestly, people listening, if you can drink more water and get yourself a nice little trampoline, do my big six lymphatic reset, which maybe we'll talk about later. And then you go on a vibration plate, you're going to change your life.
0: Honestly, I do it every morning. You can see those of you watching on YouTube. I've got this huge water that I carry around and I do those things and then do a yoga practice. And if I don't do that before the yoga practice, I don't feel well.
1: Yeah. I love that you said that because yoga is fantastic. There's a reason it's been around for a couple thousand years. It sort of maybe kind of works. Yeah. And, but if you can prime yourself up and get your body even more ready to do those type of fundamental basic movements through increasing blood flow and lymph flow before you move, vibrating all of the connective tissue called fascia and your body and your joints, Well, your brain loves that because it has a much better sense of awareness about where all of your body parts are because you just shook them. And that helps you move better and easier. And you can do more yoga for longer in your life. I mean, why wouldn't you want to do that?
0: You know, and I got that from you. I had been watching your videos that you should prime your body before you do any kind of exertion. And
1: uh, yeah, prime your body to move. It's built to move, but you need prep it. (laughs)
0: All right. So we're going to talk about the big six, but I want to ask you, I do the big six and you're going to hopefully tell us what that is while on the trampoline. Is that overkill?
1: No, that's great. You know, you're doing the two at the same time. You're multitasking. That's fantastic. (laughs) Yes. I love it. That's not overkill at all.
0: Okay. So talk about the big six because this is another thing that really changed my life. I just fundamentally feel different after about, three minutes.
1: Yeah. Yes, you will. I'll be honest with you. I think it can be one of the single most powerful things you can do for self-care every day of your life, the rest of your life, to change your life and improve your life. And it seems so simple. And to the outside, it almost seems silly because it's so simple and you don't understand how it can make such a difference. Well, hopefully you will. So at the end, because it's just about physiology of your body and the stuff that your body needs in order to heal, recover, regenerate, stay adaptable and resilient. So you can be what I call a hashtag beast mode monster right? <laughs> yeah. and, and move and feel the way that you're meant to. All right. Mm-hmm. So I think it's an important one. I'm going to say a statement that I always teach because I'm going to tie a lot of other systems together besides the lymphatics when we're talking here and i'll do a brief explanation of what lymphatics are for those that might not know here's my phrase no system in the body ever works alone it never gets injured alone it never heals alone there's no such thing as an isolated injury there's no such thing as isolated healing it's all or nothing right your body's one piece humans break it up into parts and they're the ones that actually named the parts but your body's like I don't care what you call me I just want you to know that I try to help everything out when something is not right Mm -hmm. so what I mean by systems well it's all the ones that you hear about from your nervous system your immune system your cardiovascular system and they're all separated in medicine with different specialists but every single one tries to help each other out all the time So when you jump on that trampoline they're all going all right I sweat yeah and so I've just found for me that I neglected doing anything intentionally for my lymphatic system my entire life because I just didn't know right and the only reason I didn't know is because I didn't get sick enough yet to pay attention to it so the lymphatic system is part of two primary systems one is your immune system It's the biggest part of your immune system. Its job is to make sure that you don't die, and it kills things that's trying to kill you. (laughs) Bacteria, parasites, viruses, cancer cells, anything that gets inside from outside, or anything that's inside that needs to get out, like your own waste from your cells from physically training and doing yoga. Yeah. Right?
0: or eating still, or stress. definitely
1: food if you want to call that what people eat these days food mm-hmm. your lymph system has to be the waste management for that it's basically a waste management system of your body through what they call lymph nodes I call them mini toilets that flush out waste and you got about 600 to 700 mini toilets in your body and they're all over the place okay I'll tell you where they are in a moment but I'm going to plant a seed for you. They're right where the big six are. Right. (laughs) And then the other part that many people forget about or don't realize is it's a major component of your circulatory system, your vascular system. And that's why you exercise and you train and you work out to increase blood flow. Right? Mm Mm-hmm that's life. That's nourishment. Yeah. And if you have an issue with the lymphatic system, you'll have an issue with your circulation system and it goes both ways. If you have a circulation issue, you'll have a lymph issue. They always go together. Right.
0: And sorry to interrupt, but that's why hydration is so key for both of those. Right.
1: Yes. Correct. If you remember how we mentioned before is that your blood and your lymph are mostly water. Right. So if you are dehydrated, all of those fluids become thicker. Right. And thicker fluid doesn't move as easily as more viscous fluid, you know, that way. And I think about, I always tell people you can think of engine oil. Right. You have some that are really, really thick and it just like oozes out and some stuff just pours out. And when your lymphatics are thicker and your blood is thicker, you're not going to feel great even when you exercise. If anything, you'll feel worse. Right. So what you have to do is, one, hydrate. Because it's really important for you to understand this. Even if I teach you the lymph work, if you don't hydrate, my lymph work's not going to work either. Like you have to play your own part here. (laughs) Right? Yep. And dehydration is a huge problem in the world of, chronic pain and autoimmune disease. But what's really interesting is that many people are drinking water, but they're not able to absorb it efficiently because they've gotten so much backed up waste and toxins in the body that the water doesn't absorb well. So, this is what's great. When you do lymph work and hydrate, you, it's a win on both sides. I'm so
0: glad you said that because there's been so many times in my life where I just know the water is going right through. Like it does not absorb. Yeah. Now, So I understand what you're saying about the lymph work is going to, you know, these two are going to be like two hands together. Do electrolytes help with that too though? Because when I would have electrolytes, somehow I felt like that helped me absorb it better.
1: Yeah. You absolutely need electrolytes slash cell salts to absorb water well plain water does not get absorbed well in the body at all stress will deplete minerals in your body and the salts and most people are under a high amount of stress so i already know when somebody has chronic pain or an autoimmune disease that you struggle to absorb water you have lymphatic and blood flow issues And stagnation I just need to see where and how much that you've got so when you put the water in it's what's quite interesting is that if you're really really toxic and you're full of waste and waste can't get out your brain and your nervous system your survival system has to think of a strategy for you not to die because of the waste accumulating if it can't get out so what it does is it actually starts to try to dilute the waste that's trapped inside of you, and it dilutes it by surrounding the tissues with water. Mm. So you actually get inflammation and swelling and edema, and you look bloated because it's a protection response. Because the way the body looks is this. If I let you absorb the water into the cell, then the cell will actually create more metabolic waste that you already can't get out. And the body will not let you put anything in when it knows it can't get it out. Why? Because it doesn't want to die and it doesn't want you to suffer any more than you already are because trust me, you can. Mm -hmm. So there's a saying that is from classical osteopathic medicine, which honestly has been one of the most influential things in my life and my career. And they had a saying, I really didn't understand it until I got sick. And it's a huge reason why many therapies don't work because people get this order backwards. And I'm going to say it as three words and then I'll explain what it means because I'm still building up the anticipation for the big six. I know what is it, what is it, what is it? I'm like, well, I'm leaving you hanging. Okay. So (laughs) drainage precedes supply. And everybody should write those three words down because I'm going to explain a lot why you might be sick and why you're not getting well. Drainage precedes supply. So what's precedes mean? comes before, right? Drainage is getting the waste out, which I call muck, out of your body, whatever is stuck in there, right? And that gets out primarily through two ways, lymph and veins, those two. And then that transports through the vascular system to all the other organs. So you can poop it out, pee it out, sweat it out, breathe it out. Those are the primary ways that waste tries to get out. And most people have issues with those. So If you're blocked in your limp and you're blocked at the veins, well, then you're really going to struggle on your supply side. But that's what everybody tries to do first. They take all these new supplements to try to get their nutrients up. They change their diet and they stop eating crappy food, which is good. And they eat healthier food, right? But here's what I want you to understand healthy food and supplements also become waste just like crappy food does. It doesn't matter. It's still waste. So everybody's putting stuff in the front end. Meanwhile, your drain is clogged and your body is saying, I appreciate the effort, but I can't do anything with that here. Can you unclog your toilets first? And then you can do that other stuff all day long. Right. So when people come to see me, those are the ones that have tried all the supplements, tried all the diets, they've done everything on the supply side, even exercise. And nobody's ever talked to them about lymphatics or the vein flow, which is the waste flow. And if you just start to do some of that and you'll get it with the big six, you're gonna be literally astounded. The shift that happens and you say to yourself, "How can it be that much of a shift with something so simple?" I just told you why
0: that's exactly how I felt. And before we go there, I appreciate this analogy of the clogged toilets. It doesn't matter how good your diet is. That toilet is clogged. So I love that. But yeah, I think you know, going back to your point, something so simple can have such a dramatic effect, such as the big six, which you're going to tell us about. I'll link an actual yeah. video in the show notes we're always told that it's not that simple. It's not just one thing, but in this case, it really works.
1: Yeah. It really can be that simple, right? So whoever's telling you it can't be, well, they're hundred percent wrong. And I'll agree that it's usually never one thing. It's a combination of a lot of little things, but some little things are more important than other little things. Mm. <laughs> That's why the order that you do things in, this can make such a difference in, How much better that you actually feel. But it's really important also to just understand the power of the basics and the fundamentals. That's why they're called basics and fundamentals. (laughs) Like I'm going to harp on it again, but if you're not drinking, nothing works. If you're not sleeping, nothing works. If you're not moving, nothing works but the lymphatic system has such a big effect on all of those because that controls the environment of how healthy the inside of your body is overall so if you can clear that out all these other things begin to improve like you will sleep better you'll absorb water better you'll move further harder faster stronger longer with less pain when you start to do the lymphatics and What's interesting about the body is that I like to teach this concept for people is that humans tend to think in very linear relationships, like input to A equals input to B, small input equals small output, right? So that's linear. Mm-hmm. So when people see a big six, they expect, okay, well, you know, I should get some type of result from that. But the human body is not a linear organism. It's Nonlinear. that's how physiology works. That means this, something really, really small can be ginormous on its effect. If you wanna get a living example of that, try to get a pebble in your shoe, mm. a mosquito in a room with you, <laughs> it's a big deal. So that's why something little can make such a profound difference. You just gotta figure out what that is. And I'm here to tell you that the lymph one is a small one, but it's a huge shift in everything else. And to the big six, remember what I told you before about the lymph nodes? Mm
0: -hmm. They're
1: the little mini toilets, okay? And you've got a 600 to 700, somewhere in that range, and they're all over the place, but they gather in clusters and communities where there's more in some places than others. And it's designed that way because one of the things that moves the lymph and the lymph node waste is movement. So these clusters are gathered around the largest primary joints of your body that are supposed to move the most through walking and running and climbing and things like that and through yoga. Same.
0: I'm going to pull up on the screen just a picture that I was researching this morning of a person, and it's exactly what you're saying, that the lymph is kind of around the shoulder joints, the hip joints, the knee joints.
1: Yeah, Um, so it was designed that way with the body, because the more you move your shoulders, particularly over your head, that's why hanging is so great, right? Or just in circles and uh, the more you cannot sit in a chair which completely blocks the crease of the groin and the back of the knee and your belly because people usually slouch and slump.
0: <laughs> I'm sitting up a little taller right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, people yeah. usually do. But I mean look at the average posture of how humans are today, they're very flexed forward. Yeah. Cuz they're looking at a phone or an iPad or a computer all day and especially over the last several years, we weren't allowed to go outside for many different things. So you were sitting a lot, right? Every single one of those areas gets clamped down and doesn't move well and you clog the toilets. And so movement moves limp, but also diaphragmatic belly type breathing moves the limp. That's why yoga was ahead of the curve because they talked about many different types of breathing techniques through the belly. Because that's the pump.
0: That was one of my questions. So let's take a little detour from the big six and really talk about that physiologically when the diaphragm lowers down and it like, yeah. what's happening to the lymph when you take a three-part breath or a diaphragmatic breath.
1: Absolutely. Well, it's really important to understand a concept here where most of the lymph is located in your body. The skin is one part. Mm. Two is from the neck up. So you've got about 600 to 700 lymph nodes. I know I've said that before, but it's about repetition. One third of that number is from the collarbone up.
0: And that's why you give workshops on the glymphatic system,
1: right? Right. The brain waste management system. So let's think logically, first of all, why that might be. Well, that's because your brain sits above the neck.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. That's some precious cargo up in here because if you lose that, it's lights out. But that's also where all the primary blood flow gets to and from your head through where the lymph nodes are. Yeah. So what that means for everybody listening is that you always need to work the neck no matter what hurts in your body all the time, no matter what. But doc, yeah. my neck doesn't hurt. It's my foot. I don't care. You work the neck. When you say
0: work it, you mean like with the big six that you're Big gonna- six
1: will be a part of it because number one and number two are in the neck. That's right. where you start. And then just start to massage your neck and your face, but bottom up, which we'll explain in a moment. And mm-hmm. you know, most people don't do anything to the face, head and neck until it hurts. And then the biggest location of lymphatics are right in your gut, your abdomen, your belly, because that's where most of your immune system lives. Remember when we talked about the lymph being part of your immune system? 70 to 80% of your immune system is in your gut. So, well, then of course the lymph's going to live there because it's the biggest part of it. So you need to move the lymph in your belly. And the only way you're going to do that is through moving yourself and then breathing so you can create pressure in your belly through breathing. Every time you breathe in, pressure increases, right? And when you breathe out, it decreases. Increase, decrease, increase, decrease. Well, that's a pump. It's kind of like a sump pump where I'm trying to get stuff out of the basement or I'm trying to use the plunger to get the stuff that's stuck in my toilet. Why does the plunger work? pressure that's how it works that's how fluids move in the body pressure i'm going to give you one of the most important concepts for you to ever understand in your entire life about your body it's about pressure in the body and how pressures move fluids most people know about the heartbeat because that moves the blood flow but so does breathing breathing Mm -hmm. moves fluids in the body particularly your lymphatics and the fluid that surrounds your brain and your spine called your cerebrospinal fluid. So when you breathe in, you have a muscle above your organs and below your lungs, kind of at the bottom of the rib cage. It's a domed shaped muscle, almost like a parachute that you've seen open. Whenever you inhale that muscle contracts, like you're making a bicep muscle and it pushes down towards the floor. And everything underneath the parachute moves with it. So it pushes all of your organs and your abdomen towards the floor. And at the bottom of the floor is another diaphragm called your pelvic floor. That's the one that prevents you from peeing your pants or pooping your pants when you have pressure down in there. And some people listening may have issues with that. You have pelvic control problems sometimes. Well, that bottom is a hammock that's shaped the opposite way and it catches the organs underneath. Wow. And then, so that's the inhale. Now when you exhale, the diaphragm relaxes back up. So it comes back up towards the lungs and then everything gets sucked up towards the head. So it goes down and up, down and up, down and up and that moves the organs. So one, that helps the blood flow in the organs, but it also helps you poop better because you're moving <laughs> your intestines around. But it actually moves the largest gathering of lymph in the body, which sits about halfway between your belly button and the bottom of your sternum, is the largest lymph node in the body, and the fancy term is called cisterna Kylia. That takes all the lip from the abdominal region and the lower body to transport it up to your collarbone, which is where it needs to go.
0: Just below your sternum, above your belly button.
1: Yeah, so it's about halfway between the navel and the bottom of your sternum, which is the start of what's called your rectus abdominis, your abs. It's roughly in there. Sometimes there's about a one or two or three to six centimeter difference between people, but that's where it resides. And that's usually the biggest block that people get.
0: Can I ask you, and we're still getting to the big six, but like how firmly do you need to massage that or press on that?
1: Yeah, to get into your belly? Well, what you'll find is when it's really congested of lymphatics and has poor blood flow in and out, You might not be able to put much pressure in there at all because it really hurts because there's a lot of inflammation in there. Why is there inflammation? Well, I would be inflamed too if I'm surrounded by waste and I couldn't get oxygen all day long. Mm. And you put pressure in there and a lot of people sometimes can't tolerate much of it. And that tells you that's an area that you need to be in. But also there's a lot of really longstanding held emotional trauma Shock or issues that people hold in the gut because that's where your what's called your gut brain axis lives. Your gut and your brain talk to each other, and many things reside there. <laughs> that's why when you start to do abdominal massage, some people actually get very emotional and sometimes even start to cry, and that's okay. It's actually very therapeutic. But when you can work your way in slowly over time and it's different for everybody else, you can put an enormous amount of pressure in there and in my world I go all the way in and I can eventually touch your spine from the front Mm -hmm. with my work but I don't expect you to do that but you can easily start to massage and rub your own belly and the belly is spot number four on the big six but if you have some chronic pain, autoimmune disease, or lymph issues, I already know your belly is going to be a hot mess.
0: Mm.
1: It can't not be. It's impossible.
0: It's it, I don't have to worry about pressing too hard. That's what I was kind of doing. The nah. big thing myself. I was like,
1: Yeah, yeah. see, people get bad. so nervous when they work around the neck or the abdomen. And I'm like, It's just like any other part of your body. You just go in easy and you explore, and most people are so nervous there because they're so disconnected from it. Yeah. Nobody pays attention to their belly unless they're ashamed of how it looks in the mirror or it hurts. Yeah, it's true. You should be working on the belly every single day of your life. In Eastern medicine, they'll tell you, if you work on your belly 20 minutes a day, you'll change your life forever. Like, it's no joke.
0: I've also like laid on my tummy on a soft foam roller and kind of use the foam roller to get in there below my ribcage. Is that kind of another way to do it?
1: Yeah, you can do that, too. Just make sure you do the one, two, three on the big six before you do that from now on. So the biggest part of changing how your abdomen is is the awareness that you should be doing something to your abdomen. Mm. And then I want you to just create ways to do things with your abdomen. You can use a foam roller, you can use your hand, you can use cupping, you can use a gua sha tool, you can use a vibration ball, which is probably my favorite. You can use whatever you want. I just want you to know, holy cow, I should be doing something to my belly. <laughs> okay,
0: I have another question for you then, because when I was not feeling well, I intuitively wanted to lie down on my belly on the vibration plate. I swear that made me feel so much better.
1: Yes, absolutely well one of the reasons that happens is because you have a lot of tightness and tension in the belly Mm -hmm. and you have a lot of blood flow that you need to get in the belly and waste out but that's also where you have the term is called interoception Mm -hmm. that's a sense of self from the inside and you get a lot of that when you vibrate in that region so it immediately put your nervous system into more of a relaxed what they call parasympathetic state and it helps decrease pain because you have a lot of these things called nociceptors that live in your belly and around your abdomen and those are special sensors that are always monitoring your environment and they're the ones that send the signals to the brain that turn into pain
0: yeah
1: and most of them live in your gut
0: so i just want to have a yep. disclaimer here. I'm not saying anybody else should do any of this. I'm just saying when I was exploring my own chronic pain, these are the things I found helped me and everyone can experiment for themselves.
1: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well I think that's a great thing. Vibration plus why I like to use vibration balls mm-hmm. on the abdomen because you have a little bit more control over that and it's more focused and you can go in a lot easier. Yeah, I agree. When you get there. But the vibration is a very effective form of pain management as well.
0: Great. All right. Well, let's get to the big six. First of all, what are the big six?
1: You've kind of the big six. (laughs) So we call it the big six because there's six places and it's kind of a big deal when you do it. (laughs) That's where the big six comes from. And you need to do these in order never do them out of order because it's based on how lymphatic fluids flow in the body. And in order to explain that, I need you to understand how fluids move in the body. Fluids in the body will typically go, there's some places that go the opposite, but the majority do this. They go from high pressure fluid, like lots of fluid, towards low pressure fluid where there's not a lot of fluid. Mm. That's just easier to do that. So the way that I tell people to imagine that is think of a water dam that you've seen and you've got all the water on one side. And no water on the other side well the high pressure is on the water side the low pressure sear. So all you have to do is open up the door to the dam and the water naturally goes there mm. that being said this is the most important things you're ever gonna learn the lowest pressure in your body for lymphatic fluid flow which is waste flow and vein fluid flow which is waste flow is your collarbone
0: mm-hmm
1: the lower part of the neck and what they call the subclavian sub means below clavians for clavicle subclavian vein because mm-hmm. that's where everything wants to go the lymph dumps into the vein system right remember because I said it's part of what the vascular system as well so these two speak to each other all day long the blood and the lymph yeah so the collarbone is the drain So I want you to think about it like this, like if you flush your toilet, you've got the toilet there that can be blocked, but it's got to go through those pipes and then go to a drain either in the street or in your septic tank. Yeah. So the collarbone is the drain at the street Mm. or the septic. Right. What that means is I don't care if you open up the drain in your toilet, it won't matter if those are blocked, you follow?
0: I just had my septic pumped recently.
1: (laughs) I know all about this. (laughs) And that's why it's important to get this spot because this has to be cleared first. This is zone one. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you where they are first and then I'll show you how you can work them. So that's the start point. When you open this up, all the other five start to get to flow automatically, right? Yep. Now, number two, is also in the neck, but it's at the top of the neck. So this is the largest lymph node in the neck and it sits on the side of the neck, at the top of the neck, behind the angle of your jaw, below the lobe of your ear. There's a little space right there that you can't miss when you put your fingers there. That's spot number two. Now that's the largest lymph node in the neck and if that's blocked, you'll be blocked on draining anything from your face and your brain. So that's a super duper, uber, ginormous, really important spot. Okay. So when I cleared number one, number two automatically wants to start to go. So now I'm going to pay attention to two. If you have a lot of puffiness at one and puffiness at number two, your whole lymphatic system needs work. Yeah. Right. Now, spot number three is going to be at the shoulder joint where people get really tight, yeah? Because of poor posture, poor breathing, rounded forward, things like that. Spot number four is your abdomen, your belly from the navel up, the whole thing. That's spot four. Spot number five is the crease of the groin where your pants crease when you sit. Those are called inguinal lymph mm-hmm. nodes. Spot number six is called popliteal. That's the term for behind your knees. Now, the reason we do that is because you need to clear fluids from low pressure towards the highest pressure. Now, the highest pressure is at the knee, yeah, because the knee has to travel all the way to the collarbone. Do you follow? Does that make sense? Yeah. So i don't want to clear the knee first because i could be pushing the need towards something that's already blocked higher up right and then so you'll get what's called a backflow and you'll say why i'm actually more swollen that's because you didn't open up the drains the right way when you have the collarbone that's the lowest pressure the highest pressure overall that's furthest from from that in your body are your feet that's why everybody gets the swelling in the feet and the ankles when they have circulation issues, because it's the furthest distance to go. It's also why the vibration plate helps so much because you can help push that fluid up. Because now Mm -hmm. I want you to think, what if you cleared those big six and then you jumped on the vibration plate? I'm going to tell you, you're going to have a vastly different experience is what I'm going to tell you.
0: This is what I figured out on my own. I'm so happy to hear this. It's got the trampoline with the big six, then the vibration plate. And it's Magic.
1: Yeah. So we tell people to do big six before you do anything or in conjunction with something that you're doing. Now, the most important thing I want for people that are watching or listening to understand is the awareness of one, that you have a lymphatic system and you should work it and you can work it. Two, these six places that I want you to do in order and then i'm going to now show you different techniques that you can do because there's no universal special number of times to rub or what to do to it it can be anything honestly but non-negotiable is the order that you do it and then i'll cover dry brushing at the end of this a little bit but before i move on it's really important that i take a moment to explain something This looks really simple, but it's one of the most powerful things you're ever going to do physiologically to change how your body functions. It's really powerful. So if you're already sick, if you already have autoimmune disorder, or you have chronic pain, you can do the six, but I want you to go easy because you can expect to get what's called a detoxification reaction from this That means you feel worse before you feel better. And some people say, I was doing the big six to feel better, and I feel like I got run over by a truck. Well, one, that can happen, and two, it's normal because you're starting to get this stuff that's been stuck in your body for so long, stirred up, and then the immune system try to kill those things and get them out. Now, this can also happen to people that supposedly think they're really healthy because they're not currently sick. And just because you're not sick doesn't mean you're healthy. I have a lot of people that look great in a mirror and then they do the big six and they get sick afterwards because they're toxic and they didn't even know it because they didn't get sick enough yet. So that's really important. Don't be fooled by how your body looks on the outside. Doesn't mean anything. And what are some of the things that you can experience? Common ones are headache. That's a big one. Tired fatigue, lethargic, skin issues happen. A lot of people will break out on the skin. You can actually have more physical pain in areas that are painful for you now afterwards. And I want you to know that that's okay. That's normal because it's better to get these things out and have them in. You may actually have a resurfacing of prior pains you've had in the past that you thought were gone. That's also quite normal. You might actually feel sick, nauseous. Some people sweat and they feel like they need to lay down for a while. It could be any or all of those things or hold on. It could be nothing at all. You might get nothing. Most important thing I want you to understand is this. Make sure you hydrate before you do the big six. And I don't want you to repeat the big six again if you have a detox reaction until you begin to feel better. So if I did a big six today and I feel worse tomorrow, don't do the big six again. You may have to take a day, two days, three days, or a week before you do it again. Now, why am I telling you this? Because your body's already gonna be struggling to get these things out. I don't wanna do it again and then send a tsunami at it again. You need to go slow, Yeah. okay?
0: It just, like you were saying with the water, it just makes more toxic buildup that you can't get rid of.
1: Yes, you know, so you're opening your drains, but your drains don't function that well yet. Yeah. And you need to give your body a chance to catch up because your immune system is gonna do its job when you start to stir these things up, which is try to kill it. Yeah. That's what symptoms are, by the way. I mean, when you get sick, that's because your immune system's trying to kill something that's trying to kill you. Well, that's what it's gonna do when you're gonna get these things moving and out of your body. The last one is this. I really want to make sure you're hydrated, and I don't want you to do the big six if you're currently constipated.
0: Mm.
1: Because you're going to send a lot of this stuff towards your detoxification organs, and if you can't poop the waste out, you're not going to feel good at all. I don't care what you have to do to get yourself to poop before you do a big six, but I want you to do that before you do the big six. Listen, the big six can help you poop but I'd rather you clear your pipes first.
0: <laughs> and even if it helps you to go to the bathroom within 10 minutes, that's not enough. Like if you did the big six and then went to the bathroom, is that okay? Or
1: Yeah, that's okay. I just want you to make sure that you've had a bowel movement within the last 24 hours would be the zone I'd want you to be in. And you know, most people will end up, but if you're dehydrated, you're also going to be more prone to constipation. I need to get that caveat out there on these things because I've had people message me saying, I had this, this, this happen, and all I did was rub and slap 10 times. You know, it seems so simple, and it is, but physiologically, it's a tsunami coming at you because now you understand why of how fluid smooth. It's no joke, Big Six. All right. So when we do these places, it's also important to remember that the lymph is also traveling in those areas with blood and nerves. That's why everything starts to feel a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Now, I usually show people the 10 and 10, which is where you're going to rub each areas of the big six 10 times and then lightly tap 10 times. I just found that to be a very effective sequence. It's one that people will actually do it's not very complicated and people say can I do it 15 can I do it 20 can I do it five you can do it however much you want just remember that more isn't better better is better and I just want you to start
0: are you saying rub 10 times in the spot and then tap 10 times or are you yeah saying- we're gonna do it together we're yeah. gonna do it Yeah, they're good.
1: Now, you can go on skin or on clothes. It's whatever is comfortable for you. What you're going to do is it doesn't matter if you start on the left side collarbone or the right side collarbone, as long as you do both sides. Most of your lymph drains to the left side collarbone. So I typically start there. All I want you to do is you're going to use your hand, one of the best therapy tools that you have, Mm -hmm. and you're going to take the whole hand fingers and palm, and I want you to place your right hand on top of your left clavicle. Your fingers are facing up towards your trap muscle, your hand over your collarbone, near the trap and on your chest. Mm -hmm. All I want you to do is I want you to just start moving in circles. And you can do about five circles clockwise and then try to do five circles counterclockwise. You can also just do straight up and down like that, like you're painting a wall, just like that. That's fine. It's up to you. And then after the 10, you're going to do light taps, don't cause any pain. So you're tapping on, above, and below the collarbone, and you're not hitting your neck 10 times. And people say, How hard, how fast? My answer is yes. <laughs> just play around with it. Don't overthink this stuff. All right. Now you're going to go to the other side. So take your left hand, put it over the right collarbone, and then rub that way. Okay. And you can mix the circles with the straight up and down and then tap 10 times. Okay. You just opened up the drain. Now we're going to go to number two, where you can do simultaneously left side and right side. Mm-hmm. Take a couple of fingers and go on the side of your neck, all the way up, right behind the angle of the jaw, and uh, below the lobes of the ears, and you're going to feel this space there. I just want you to rub up and down, or you can do some circles there, different directions, about 10 times. All right. And now this one, you just use your fingers and lightly tap in there. If the tapping feels painful or uncomfortable or you don't like tapping, double down on the rubs. All right. If it
0: hurts a little bit, does that mean that it's clogged up?
1: It can be, yes. I don't ever want you to send yourself into pain. Discomfort's okay. But if you don't like the tapping, and you just stay with the rub. Usually it means there's inflammation there of some sort. Mm-hmm. And if there's inflammation there, that means the lymph is involved. Yeah. Now we're going to go to spot number three. That's at the shoulder slash pectoral muscle. So just put your hand flat over the chest as it goes into the shoulder right there. Yeah. Pretty much right in that axilar region. That's the area that, you know, you have a lot of lymph nodes that women especially need to be cognizant of because of the breast tissue, right? And then I want you to tap right there right where the shoulder joint is and the pec is. And then do the other side. So do some of your circles. And then tap. Good. And now you're going to go to the belly. So when you're on the belly, I want you to put one hand on your navel and then you stack the other one directly above that. So you're not stacking your hands on top of each other. You're putting them like this, okay? And then all I want you to do is start to rub up and down on your belly, going up and down. You can even go side to side like this, right? Okay? And then now place them and then do big giant circles. A okay? couple one way, a couple the other way. And now you're gonna do what I call belly bangs. I want you to just hit your belly 10 times, right? Make sure you get your navel and above your navel. That's spot number four. Spot number five is the crease of the groin. So place your hands along the crease of the groin. You can go up and down, straight up and down from floor to ceiling. You can also do circles. So. You would stand up and then rub, and then now hit the crease of the groin. Mm-hmm. That's going to free up the blood flow that goes to your legs because that's the only way it gets there. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then now we do number five. So, this one, if it hurts your back or it's hard for you to bend over, you can sit on this one. And I want you to rub behind the knee, below the knee, and above the knee. So you get a little bit on your cap, a little bit on the back of the thigh, and the back of the knee, and then do some circles, and then do your 10 slaps. And interestingly, in Eastern medicine, they call that the magic back point, because if you hit that one about 50 times, your low back feels better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that also, I heard you say like if you have a baker's cyst behind your knee Mm -hmm. that's a sign that the lymph is lymph is clogged
1: it certainly can be yes there can be a relationship with that without a doubt and so that's the big six and after you release those i like for people to get a little bit of movement so i actually have them stand up when they can and you do a little bit of rebounding on the balls of your feet like you're doing small mini calf raises very quickly I don't encourage you to jump completely off of the ground because most people's joints can't tolerate that because they're not trained to do that. You just do little things like this. And it's basically using your built-in rebounders called calves.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And you're pumping the vein, the venous fluid that's stagnant in there, back up. I'll give you one guess where it's going. To the collarbone. And then it's got to go back to what? Your heart. And then it goes back out again through the other part, which is the supply side, which is the arterial blood flow. They see supply and drainage, they work together. So if you do that every single day, once a day is often enough for people, you see how you feel and look for that detoxification. A very common question that I get is, is it better to do it in the morning, in the afternoon, or at night? It's really up to you. Some people prefer it morning, some people at night. I say try them all. See Mm -hmm. which one you like. That being said, morning is probably the most ideal because people are really stagnant in the morning when they wake up because of a long period of inactivity at night and you know those are the ones who are like really tight and stiff on the full body when they get moving that's a classic backed up lymph sign Some people like to do it before they sleep, but some people can't sleep after they do it because it does excite the nervous system as well. So try it once. And if you like how it feels, you're more than welcome to do it more than once a day. But if you don't feel good doing it two times a day, that's a sign that you should stay with one. It's very good to do before you do your yoga or any type of physical activity. Mm -hmm. And it's really good to do after a strenuous, activity because now you can help get the waste out that you just made from the strenuous activity that you did so you can do it before and after
0: after i've been sitting like if i've been on my computer five or six hours i'll do it then and that feels really good yeah
1: so it's a great one to do also if you're on a plane and you fly and you know you're getting ready to go it'll really get everything moving so you know a lot of people will wear these compression socks when they fly or they're wrapping it around the high-pressure things at the bottom, right? Right. So just think about this logically for a moment. So if you're trying to compress that fluid that's pooling in your calves, now I want you to ask yourself, where is that fluid trying to go? You should be pointing to your collarbone now. And then I'm going to ask you, because you know better now, what happens if my collarbone is blocked? What happens if I'm blocked in my arms and my abdomen and my groin? Well, your compression socks aren't going to do much because you're going to push it up into the blocks behind the knee because that's the first place it's got to clear. So if you do the big six and you have your compression socks, well, I mean, you just strap yourself in because Mm -hmm. you're going to get a different result because you understand fluid pressure. That's called hydrodynamics, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: hydraulics. That's what it is.
0: So- Perry, I know we're getting close to the end, but I just have one more question. And not very often that I get to have you to myself here. I got time. No worries. Regarding the glymphatic system up, you know, surrounding the brain and head. And I also like to give myself a cranial massage. Nice. Where would you put that in this, in this whole self-care routine? Would that be in the middle of the big six after the big six before?
1: I would do it after the big six. Okay. Yeah. The reason being is that the glymphatics, which, if you have lymphatics kind of at the end of that and glial, that's the, yeah, that's the cells up in the brain. That's why they get glymphatics from glial cells, they're called. That system has to work with the peripheral lymphatic system. So they work together. Mm -hmm. And what I found through my work is that if you clear the big six, peripheral, which is outside the brain first, you get a better brain drain. Right. So you do your big six first, then you can focus on your cranial massage and your facial massage.
0: Even another one you taught me, the roof of my mouth to just like take my thumb and run it back on the right and left side, that completely drains just like that. I just immediately. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. Roof of the mouth is a really big place for congested lymphatics. and that's called the hard palate Mm -hmm. and many people don't even realize how puffy or tender or painful that it is that's a sure sign that you've got lymph issues in the head and the neck and what they call glymphatic issues in the brain it's also a really great place when you massage the roof of the mouth on both sides clears up your sinuses quite nicely Mm -hmm. and opens up the drainage point honestly of the waste from your brain that's trying to come down that way. And I'll give you one guess where it's going to be ultimately draining to. Well, spot number one.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? So it's got to go to the same drain point, which you just opened up, and it's got to go through all the lymph nodes that are in the neck. It's called the deep, deep cervical. Cervical means neck, lymph nodes. Then finally, the majority of the waste in your brain, called cerebral waste, goes to the deep lymph nodes in your neck. So let's think about that logically for a moment. What if you're blocked at your collarbone, spot number one, that means you're probably blocked at spot number two at the top and you're gonna be blocked in everything in between it, then where's your brain waste gonna go? Well, it's not gonna go anywhere. It's gonna stay in your head and then you're the person who gets brain fog and you're the person who gets a neuroinflammation disorder, which could be Alzheimer's, fibromyalgia, MS, ALS all those different type things
0: I see a lot of clients with that long COVID
1: yeah absolutely so then you get more inflammation in the brain and when you get more inflammation in the brain you can actually change how your body perceives pain what that means is stuff can be more painful anywhere because pain is not actually in the tissues that hurt pain is coming as a signal from the brain and if your brains on fire well then your painful site you point to is probably going to be on fire and then i'm going to ask you which came first right Right. so that's why chronic disease and chronic pain is so difficult to treat because everybody's trying to treat the chronic pain the same way they do acute traumatic pain which means that if i hit you in your shoulder i know exactly why your shoulder hurts but if you went to sleep yesterday and your shoulder was okay and you woke up today and now your shoulder is not well i know it's not the same thing because what happened like why today and why not yesterday and i'm going to tell you because today your toilets overflowed that's why Yep. it's going to be not the main reason but it's going to be a big part of why all those other things that are trying to work to help you get better can't
0: you know we have this joke that as you get older you get injured while sleeping (laughs) like how can that be i went to bed fine and i woke up with this horrible injury
1: (laughs) yeah exactly because at night what's very interesting is that one it's a long period of inactivity Mm. and most people have very poor breathing mechanics when they sleep at night, which means they breathe with their mouth wide open, they may have sleep apnea. And if you have that, you're never getting better because your pipes are always going to be messed up. But your brain cleans itself at night when and slash if you sleep. Right. And if you have enough of those adding up over time, then the brain can't drain itself night night after night after night after night after night. And then that's when you flip the switch. And all of a sudden the way your body is going to tell you, hey, listen, whatever we're doing is not working. I need you to change something quick, fast, and in a hurry. And the way I'm going to let you know that is I'm going to send you this thing called pain. And don't ignore it, because if you do, I'm going to bite you later, trust me. And then that's where people make the mistake of chasing where the pain is. And in my world, I just hear your brain in the background going, Check your lymph, man. Check your lymph. Check your lymph and your blood flow and clean out your brain and then I'll let you have the other body parts. That's the way I look at it.
0: Well, I think that's a wonderful message to stop with. I want to tell people how generous you are on your Instagram page with videos regularly about all of this and demonstrations. So Instagram is Stop Chasing Pain. Yeah. Your website is also www.stopchasingpain, And this has all your podcasts. You can get consultations with you. Is there any place else? I know you have a couple of workshops coming up. Unfortunately, I don't know if this podcast will be out by September 16th, which is the Glymphatic Mojo workshop. Uh, You just had the Vegas Nerve Mojo on August 27th, but I think- Yeah, I gotta
1: get that one off. Yeah, so the Glymphatic Mojo, that's advanced work for the brain, head and neck. In order to attend that, you must have prior attended the lymphatic mojo you see above that. That's a prerequisite. Yep. The other one coming out that's posting up very soon is a new one on the gut, which is not up here yet, called Gut Mojo. Mm-hmm. And then we'll probably end up having Blood Flow Mojo 1 again by the end of the year, because that's a very, very popular class as well.
0: Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. It was our pleasure. We learned so, so much, and I hope that all of our listeners will come check you out at Stop Chasing Pain.
1: Thank you so very much for having me on, and everybody for listening.
0: Thank you. A big thank you to Dr. Perry Nicholson, who is a chiropractor but he has this whole system that he's working with that goes way beyond skeletal muscular and even beyond the nervous system, which I think a lot of us as yoga therapists are very cued into the nervous system. But most of us haven't even touched the lymph system or the glymph, which is basically the lymph system of your brain and your head. So the highlights of today that I just want you to walk away with, he gave us so much valuable information. But the highlights in my mind are number one, we have to hydrate. Nothing is happening until there's really good liquid in the system to make it more viscous. Both your blood and your lymph, they both need hydration. He also said a lot of times hydration by itself, just water by itself, isn't enough. He called it something kind of salts. I think what we have in yoga and yoga therapy, we have ways of doing the same thing in Ayurveda. We put a little bit of sea salt in the water, that type of thing. And I like to use electrolytes. That just tends to work for me. Again, that's out of the scope of practice. Electrolytes are out of the scope of practice of yoga therapy, but you can find the yoga solution if that works better for you. Number two, the order of unclogging the different drains matters. We have to work, as he said, from the street drain all the way up to the toilet. And so that order matters. If you kind of take a drain that's in a high pressure system and unclog it first, it has nowhere to go. And in fact, can back up the whole system. So after we hydrate, we start with the collarbones, then right back underneath the ears behind the jaw, then the shoulder joint, Then the belly from the belly button on up towards the bottom of the rib cage. Then the creases of the hips, then behind the knees, and then a little bouncing on your toes a little bit, just lifting your heels up and down. And I'll put in the show notes a link to all of this so you can see that. Try that. But if it doesn't feel good, if you get that detoxification, give yourself a break. Don't do it again. Again, backing up and not giving it a way to get out of the body isn't going to help you. So those are kind of the big things that I'd like you to take away from. And I'd love for you to start doing the big six and see how it feels. And maybe I can get Dr. Perry to come back another time and we can talk about the lymphatic system of the brain and the head and how to massage that. But again, he has so many great videos that I've been using on his Instagram, Stop Chasing Pain. So I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. I'm bringing in some guests that are outside of yoga therapy, but they inform everything that we do as yoga therapists. And I think as long as we are clear about our scope of practice, we're going to be okay. So thank you for listening and it was good to be with Dr. Perry today and we'll see you next week. A special thank you to our team here at Optimal State. We are truly a global family. George Mantuan, one of our executive producers. Adam Satchel, senior media producer and sound engineer from the Philippines. Krishna Panchal, a producer from Canada. Modupe Abdullahi, who does the show notes and is an editor for us from Nigeria. And Peter Morley, who wrote and produced the music for this show, who lives in Australia. Find more about Peter's work at www.zenmusic.biz. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.